Welcome to Beauty Uncut Podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty, health, and wellness. Welcome back to another episode of Breast Basics. Today's episode is your favorite episode. Well, it will, favorite. It it will, will be. It will be your favorite it episode. It's all about the internal bra, which this comes in waves, I feel. Like we get mm. a massive influx of people being like, what's an internal bra or did you put an internal bra in and what are the types I feel like at the moment this is a hot topic it is because it's a buzzword yes it's a buzzword and I think everything that seems to be popular question wise that comes from our patients is all very much driven by the forums so you have someone planting a seed and then everyone it spreads like wildfire I think like maybe a couple years ago they were talking about the no recovery Breast surgery yes, or scarless yeah. lift, all of those things were yeah. like probably little plant seeded. Exactly. Seeds yeah. planted, I should have said. Mm. And then people, you know, get hyped about that and want to know yeah. everything about it. Exactly. And I think that the people out there who are disseminating this information in a lot of cases literally have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's frustrating for us. Yes. All right. Well, what is the internal bra? Okay. So the internal bra first and foremost, is an umbrella term, okay? It's not one specific thing. The internal bra is either a technique or I guess we'll call it a device used to control the lower pole of the breast. So we lock off the inframammary fold, which is the breast crease, and that's what the internal bra does. It prevents the implant from descending down into the abdomen, essentially. And does every person who have cosmetic breast surgery have an internal bra? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like no matter the surgeon you go to, no you'll matter, have some form of internal exactly. bra. No matter the surgeon, everyone does it in a different fashion. But if the surgeon has been trained properly, there will be an internal bra there of some description. Yeah. And what would you say is the most common internal bra? The most common is probably, well, there's two suture techniques, which are the most common. So one is using a, what's called a PDS suture. And you're just making simple interrupted stitches along the bottom of the breast to hold it in. So you're you're basically connecting the deep and superficial fascia of the muscle so that the implant doesn't slide down. So in its most basic form, those stitches will prevent the implant from doing that. You can also have a continuous stitch, which is what I do. I use a barbed suture. So some of the sutures don't have barbs. They're just your normal material. Others have little hooks on it to increase the tissue fixation. And so I use a barbed suture in a continuous manner. So that goes all the way along the bottom of the breast crease. Okay. And so I know those are probably the most two common ones, but then you've got your other ones that are actual, is it mesh? Yeah. So mesh at the moment is a dirty word. Oh. I, I really hate the word mesh because everyone automatically assumes that mesh is the internal bra and is the only internal bra. But you have things like mesh. So that's a synthetic material that you can put in to support the implant. You have something called ADM, which stands for acellular dermal matrix. And that comes from either pig or cadaver skin. And that can also be used in the same way as essentially a hammock to hold the the breast implant in. The problem with using meshes and the problem with internal bras in general is that you're reliant on patient tissue. So if you're having a primary surgery and let's say the patient has very poor tissue quality, the sutures aren't going to hold it. They need to fixate to something. So oftentimes you have to go quite deep to the deep fascia to to get a good hold. 
but still those stitches can pull through. So oftentimes, even though someone's had an internal bra during their primary surgery, they can have an implant descent or bottoming out. This is what that's called, another buzzword. And how you fix that is by waiting until the capsule forms inside. So when the capsule forms around the implant, that is a relatively inelastic bit of tissue that can be used to support. And so you go in and now you've got a firm tissue to grip and place your internal bra. Yeah, because I know some of the time um, I've seen people have like their secondary surgery, like if they do get bottoming out and then they get an internal bra. So with that second surgery, they would have had it for the first one. Yeah. And then the second one, you're just using that capsule to re-stitch that internal bra. That's it. The only difference is the material that you're stitching to. Right. Okay. Because the capsule obviously didn't exist during yeah. the first surgery. Should we talk about the price of the other internal bras yeah. that aren't the suture method because I almost fell off my chair when I saw the price of what a material internal bra is. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I guess this is the one of the biggest misconceptions is that everyone should be having this mesh, everyone should be having this ADM, everyone should be having something in as an internal bra and that's the standard when that is definitely not the case. An ADM per breast in Australia the cost is about $10,000. So $20,000 on for top, the material yes, on top of the on surgery. On top of the surgery. So yep. you'd probably be looking at 30 to $50,000 depending on your surgeon. Exactly. To have a straightforward breast augmentation with the yeah, product. And and if someone, I suppose, if someone's told that they're having this and they're not paying that sort of money, then they're not having it. Yeah. And what about a mesh? How much is that one? So meshes are cheaper. So mesh is the synthetic version. And so mesh can range from 1,000 per breast up to, to 8,000 per breast, depending on the size of the mesh that's put in. You have certain companies that have a, a molded bit of mesh. So it basically is shaped like the bottom part of the half of the implant. And that is really the closest to what people would know as a traditional bra, is having that cup to hold the implant. But those are on the higher end of the spectrum, probably closer to 8,000 per breast. Right. And are there any risks or is there a reason why besides price point, surgeons don't use the, um, pro what do you call it, the materials and yep. the cadaver skin and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So with the synthetic meshes, you're getting a lot of tissue ingrowth. So if you have someone with very thin skin to begin with, you're going to get either very severe rippling from this or you're going to actually get even further thinning of their overlying tissue. You're going to be able to feel that mesh. It doesn't feel like natural breast tissue at all. It doesn't does even it feel, feel like? like an implant. It feels like a hard bit of plastic. Oh, okay. Like not even a, not even an implant type of silicon edge. It's, it's like hard plastic. Okay. Uh, those are the synthetic meshes. The ADMs are a bit softer and more pliable because they do come from tissue. And uh, they, obviously they're the more expensive ones, but they don't cause as much tissue ingrowth or rippling issues. So your best, you know, if you are having a breast surgery and you're wanting the internal bra, doing the st stitch method, and then potentially if things, if you keep bottoming out, would you then go into something more? Yeah, interesting? yeah. I, I think you, you need to consider the patient. So everyone's going to get the stitch method as standard, you know, so I wouldn't even be concerned about that. That's just a standard thing that happens. With the mesh, let's say you are having multiple issues of bottoming out, the capsule's not holding, the tissue's just not working, then you might consider putting in a mesh or an ADM. The problem though is you still need something to fix it to. Mm -hmm. So if 
tissue quality is poor, even going to ADM, you're not going to have a 100% guarantee that's going to hold. Right. That's a lot of money to spend. Yeah. So for those who are at risk of obviously like the rippling and things like that, they are the, who are they? Are they like people with lower body fat or a poor tissue quality? Is that someone who has aged skin? So uh, it comes down to tissue thickness. Right. So if you have very little subcutaneous fat, you're more likely to get rippling. And that can happen straight away. It doesn't. It's not a, a matter of time. I've heard some people talk about rippling and they say, I've had my implants in for only three months and I have rippling. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's three months or three years. If you have no or very little tissue thickness, then there's going to be rippling there. Mm-hmm. And then poor tissue quality, is that someone with aged skin or yeah. not necessarily? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. So aged skin can be part of that. But again, we've seen very healthy aged skins and we've seen very young patients with really poor quality skin from unhealthy lifestyle, from drugs, from smoking. All of these things can affect the tissue thickness as well and the ability to hold a suture and hold the internal bra. So obviously working in the industry, I feel like I hear the internal bra all the time. Mm. And the most like frequently asked questions would be, can I have an internal bra without having breast implants? Like, would you do it in combination with a mastopexy or there's just no reason? No, I absolutely would. Oh, yeah. So mastopexy patients, any breast surgery that I do, the internal bra gets used. And as I said, because we're Remember, we have to think about the function of that. It's locking off that inframammary fold to prevent anything from sliding down below that crease. And that could be an implant, that could be natural breast tissue and a mastopexy. So the reason I use it is to hold that tissue up. Right. So if you didn't do an internal bra with a mastopexy, Mm -hmm. would things start to go back down? Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that before where someone's had a mastopexy and either the internal bras lost fixation or it hasn't been done because I think even among surgeons, maybe there's a misconception that it doesn't have to be done without an implant, but the breast tissue then descends below the, the incision and you have what looks like bottoming out, but it's natural breast tissue. Right. Another one was, can you get like breast implant illness from having that foreign object? If you're using like that mesh or if you're using the cadaver skin or pig skin, because breast, well, we haven't really delved into breast mm. implant illness and maybe it's another topic for another day. It's its own topic. <laughs> it's its own topic. But can you get like a BII because it's a foreign object and your body can reject it? Well, you have to think about what's actually going in. So with the synthetic mesh that you're going to get a tissue reaction and inflammation and that's how it then integrates. With the ADM, acellular, so that's in the title, there's no cells in it to react to, but you can still get that inflammatory reaction. So depending on the cause of, I guess, whatever you want to call BII, then yes, you can. You can react to those things in whatever way your body's going to. And if that presents as a BII picture, then then that's what it is. Right. And my last one was that, does it increase the risk of infection? Well, any foreign object in the body will, including breast implants. Mm-hmm. So I suppose at the time of surgery, it depends on how the mesh is handled. At the moment with cosmetic breast augmentation, I think everyone's gotten to the point where they can handle a breast implant very in an aseptic manner. But when it comes to dealing with meshes, it's a little bit harder because it's not one solid thing. You've got a flexible piece of material that you're trying to suture in. So certainly you have to be a bit more careful at the time of surgery, but the short answer is yes, it is a higher risk of infection. 
Well, do you have any take-home messages for the listeners out there? Yeah, I suppose the take-home message is that internal bra as a term is now here. It's not going anywhere. And I think everyone's going to start to ask more about it. So as I said before, surgeons think about it as a standard part of the surgery. You know, we don't often describe every single component of what we do. We don't describe what sort of sutures we use, the specific variety, but now we're having to do that with these sorts of questions. So I think if in the consultation, if that doesn't come up specifically, feel free to ask, how do you do your internal bra? What is the method? You can ask if you're going to get mesh. The answer will probably be no, but don't automatically assume that the internal bra is one specific thing. It varies surgeon to surgeon and more often than not is going to be some type of suture method. Wait, before we leave off, I have one quick question. Mm -hmm. Can a patient come in requesting to have the mesh or the cadaver bra as opposed to the internal stitch method? Sure. A patient can request that, but it's going to be up to the surgeon to decide whether that's in their best interest. And there might be more risks associated with using an ADM or a mesh. In addition to cost, there might be other risks involved as well. Perfect. Thanks for listening to today's episode on internal bras. If you have any questions, feel free to send us a message and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.